Hello and welcome to Let's Talk Truth with Susie Ann. And this is your host, Susie Ann. Number five. Honor thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be long upon the land which Yahuwah thy Elohim giveth thee. Exodus 20 verses 12. Generally, our love obedience and respect is due especially to our heavenly father and our earthly parents i say this generally because not all parents are of the faith and this is where things can get murky the bible says that we should honor all men oh no man any nothing except love however there is a different condition for obedience Ephesians 6 verses 1 to 4 says, Children, obey your parents in the Adon, for this is right. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth. And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of Yahushua. So there is no other foundation laid except in Mashiach. So we need to understand if what the parent is telling us to do is wrong, according to scripture, we must not obey nor disrespect them, but humbly decline. If we honor our heavenly father, we will also honor our earthly parents. If we dishonor our parents, then we automatically dishonor Elohim, which against which again breaks every commandment which is why it is only it is the only commandment with promise now moving on to number 6 thou shall not kill exodus 20 verses 13 this goes deeper than we think yahushua explains this in matthew 5 verse 21 to 24 Ye have heard that it was said by them of old time, Thou shalt not kill, and whosoever shall kill shall be in danger of the judgment. But I say unto you, that whosoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. And whosoever shall say to his brother, Raka, shall be in danger of the council. But whosoever shall say, Thou fool, shall be in danger of hell fire. Therefore, if thou bring thy gift to the altar, and there rememberest that thy brother hath aught against thee, leave there thy gift before the altar, and go thy way. First be reconciled to thy brother, and then come and offer thy gift. Here's another related verse, First John 3 verses 15 and 17 whosoever hated his brother is a murderer and ye know that no murderer hath eternal life abiding in him but whoso hath this world's good and seeth his brother have need and shut it up his bowels of compassion from him how dwelleth the love of Elohim in him if we hate one another it is a sin there are many acts of hate For instance, if we break any of the Ten Commandments, it is an act of hate towards our Creator. 
according to John 14 verses 21. And other than being covetous, killing, stealing, including our, including our neighbor's spouse, and lying, there are other acts of hate towards our neighbor that's outlined above. If we communicate using condescending tones and derogatory terms to refer to our neighbors, whether in seriousness or in jest, it is verbal abuse and an act of hate. If we must correct a wrong, do so in meekness and respect, being careful to remember that we ourselves have done wrong things in the past and would also want forgiveness and respect. The Bible says if we forgive others of their wrongdoings, Elohim will also forgive our wrongdoings, but if we don't, he won't. Leviticus 19 verses 18 says, Thou shalt not avenge, nor bear any grudge against the children of thy people, but thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. I am the Adonai. Some other acts of hate include having respect of persons and selfishness. Persons many times will specialize in people for their own selfish purposes, but it is an abomination to Yah. If we want Yahuwah to treat us equally, we must also treat everyone equally, whether they are pleasant or unpleasant. Elohim himself causes the rain to fall on the just and unjust alike. The fact remains that we were not always who we are now, and it is only because of Yahushua's grace that we are now changed, and it is the same grace that we need to extend to others for them to change as well. Selfishness takes on many forms, like hypocrisy, etc. All forms are an act of hate and idolatry. Making ourselves, instead of Elohim, the focus of our love. The act of selfishness that Yahushua hates the most is our unwillingness to share our possessions with someone in need. If we cannot extend a helping hand to someone in need, even when we can, it proves that we are a hateful person and cannot be identified as a disciple of Yah since He is love. If we do not share with others, Elohim will not bless us and we cannot ask for His help. Our love must be without dissimulation even towards our enemy. For this is the will of Yah. Moving on to number 7. Thou shalt not commit adultery, as according to Exodus 20 verses 14. There is spiritual adultery and there is carnal adultery. Both are equally heinous to Yahuwah because he is an Elohim of faithfulness. As the scripture says, Yah is a jealous Elohim and he is more so than any human on the planet. We take his love for granted because he extends grace and long suffers our ways. But what will happen when he gets tired of it? He will separate himself, remove his protection and provision. After that, we will be left lonely, destroyed, and desolate. Elohim hates adultery, and we all do too. But we are too selfish sometimes, so we bury our conscience and do the unthinkable and hurt an unsuspecting soul, leaving them utterly broken for a long time, and some never recover until they die. 
Adultery is very destructive and can hurt not just the three or more people involved, but entire families and friendships. It's a cowardly move, by the way. Not being able to let go, again, is another problem. It's, it's cowardly and indecisive. It make you know, we are too lazy nowadays to really make a decision. And we are weak. And we don't want to admit that we're weak. We think that, um, you know, sleeping around makes us, um, I don't know, maybe we think we're clever. And um, I don't know. There are words that people use to describe these people. They make them look like they're, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, man. I just never looked at it, and I so I can't even remember some of the words that people use to sort of praise this type of behavior. So, it's like a bowling alley, and adultery is the ball. I have mentioned this many times above that idolatry is a spiritual adultery. So when we commit spiritual adultery, we break the first two commandments. Other forms of spiritual adultery are fornication and an unequally yoked marriage. In 1 Corinthians 6 verses 15 to 18, it reads, Know ye not that your bodies are the members of Mashiach? Shall I then take the members of Mashiach and make them the members of a harlot? Elohim forbid. But he that is joined unto the Adon is one spirit. Flee fornication. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body. But he that committed fornication sinneth against his own body. What? Know ye not that he that it, it, he which is joined to an harlot is one body? For two saith he shall be one flesh. If we join ourselves to a fornicator, we become a harlot. And it is the same, and sorry, I actually finished the verse, so this is just me commenting here. If we join ourselves to a fornicator, we become a harlot, and it is the same if we join ourselves to an unbeliever. 2 Corinthians 6 verses 14 to 18 declares, Be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers, for what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? And what concord hath Mashiach with Belial? Or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement hath the temple of Yah with idols? For ye are the temple of the living Elohim. As Elohim hath said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their Elohim, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith Yahuwah, and touch not the unclean thing. And I will receive you, and will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith Yahuwah Almighty. We must be vigilant and sober to observe Elohim's laws and statutes. Our obedience is the proof of our faithfulness towards Him, including keeping ourselves away from intimate relationships with unbelievers. Did you just see what we read there? 
What agreement had the temple of Yah with idols? We are the temple of Yah. So if we date people who don't believe in Yahweh, even though they say they go to church, even though they're baptized, if their lifestyle is showing that they indeed are serving mammon, then it is then they are committing idolatry. Yes, they're committing idolatry. And we, by joining ourselves onto them, become one. So we're both now committing idolatry. Because we didn't tell them that they are wrong. And that we will not agree to be in a relationship where someone is committing idolatry. Because sin is idolatry. Unbelievers are bad influences and as the scriptures instruct us that if sinners entice us, we must not agree and that we must abstain from the appearance or indulgence of evil. There is no marriage consisting of three persons. One of the worst things is being separated from Elohim. He is a source of love, joy, power, self-control and peace. So without him, we will suffer. As for carnal adultery, there's another important thing to point out. In Matthew 5 verses 27 to 28 and 31 to 32, it says, Ye have heard that it was said by them of old time, Thou shalt not commit adultery. But I say unto you, that whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her, hath committed adultery with her already in his heart. It had been said, Whosoever shall put away his wife, let him give her a writing of divorcement. But I say unto you that whosoever shall put away his wife, saving for the cause of fornication, cause her to commit adultery. And whosoever shall marry her that is divorced, commit adultery. So here are the other aspects of adultery. If we look at a person lustfully while we are married, it is adultery. If we look at a person lustfully while being single, it is fornication. So it is imperative to find fulfillment in Yahushua so that the Ruach HaKodesh can subdue the lust of the flesh. Some unlearned persons will tell you that all looks between the opposite sex are lustful, but that is not true. Certainly not for me because I'm not attracted to everybody out there. I'm not, a, I'm not an animal in heat. That is what separates us humans from animals. Thank you very much. That's why we were given dominion over them. Okay, so. And even in animals, they have choosy sex. So I don't even know what humans are trying to come up with this sort of stupid excuse. So you can cast an appreciative look at something or something beautiful and not desire to touch it or them nor possess it or them. And this is healthy admiration. Marriage has no end, as it says here in Mark 10, verses 9, 11 to 12. What therefore Elohim had joined together, let not man put asunder. And he said unto them, Whosoever shall put away his wife and marry another, committed adultery against her. And if a woman shall put away her husband and be married to another, she committed adultery. 
Adultery happens when you leave your spouse and go to another spouse. The scripture does not promote divorce at all. Paul says that we should either be reconciled or separated, but not divorced. It's not like you can marry anyone else anyway. The scripture says that the person is only free when the spouse is dead. This is the only time the person can remarry. Many people try to skip around this to please themselves, but the scripture says it plainly. If you marry someone who is divorced, it is a sin. When the disciples heard how strict the marriage law was, they said wisely that it would be better not to marry and later on Paul again encouraged people to stay single because it was easier to serve Yah that way. Paul said when we are married we will encounter problems in the flesh and Yahushua told the disciples that not all people can handle this which is why some make themselves eunuchs for the faith's sake. Faithfulness is spoken of in Proverbs as well. Proverbs 5 verses 15 to 20 Drink waters of thine own cistern and running waters out of thine own well. Let thy fountains be dispersed abroad and rivers of waters in the streets. Let them be only thine own and not strangers with thee. Let thy fountain be blessed and rejoice with the wife of thy youth. Let her be as a loving hind and pleasant roe. Let her breast satisfy thee at all times, and be thou ravished always with her love. And why wilt thou, my son, be ravished with a strange woman and embrace the bosom of a stranger? If you're going to be in a relationship that honors Yahushua, take a long time to think about it before entering one. Remember that all marriages should reflect Yah's love for the church, and that is an extremely tall order. Be read, be ready to long suffer and know the contract only ends with death. If you're not ready for that kind of commitment, don't go into it. The scripture says that it is better to not vow than to vow and not pay. Moving on to number 8. Thou shalt not steal. From Exodus 20 verses 15. This should be easy to understand, yet people still do this almost automatically every day. Stealing is taking something that is not yours, without letting the person know and without their permission. Just as how there is no white lie, there is also no petty thefts. All sins matter to Yah. Because it is the small acts of sin that are not repented of that later lead to major sins. Just as a plant starts from a small seed, each sin starts from a thought to a small action. And when that thought becomes cherished, the actions repeat themselves and become a part of us, a behavior. If we take a spoon of sugar without asking, it is the same as robbing a bank. The wages of both of those acts of sin is death, believe it or not. Because of the behavior that they're fostering. The Elohim that we serve is just and fair. So if we think that because it was just a small insignificant act and the person that we stole it from won't even miss it, think again. If you know it is evil, do not do it. 
And if you have fallen into temptation, the moment you have realized the magnitude of what you have done, immediately repent. This does not mean to go down on your knees. This Sorry, I have a typo here in my script that I wrote. Okay, so this doesn't mean to go down on your knees to pray for forgiveness. Because before you do that, you must confess and ask for forgiveness and repay what you stole. This is the only way your prayer will be heard by the Almighty. There are too many people going around with insincere apologies to Elohim. There must be a recompense. If we fail to restore, no matter what sin we have committed against one another, then Elohim himself will avenge the offended and we will not be delivered. Stealing is an act of taking matters in our own hands. So we do not see Yah as Elohim. So we make ourselves Elohim when we do that. And that breaks the first two commandments about idolatry. If we steal small, we steal big. Which means even stealing Elohim's time on the Shabbat. Because one sin leads to another. Stealing this... uh, Stealing dishonors both earthly parents and Yah or Father. When we steal from our neighbor, we diminish their supply, which is the same as cutting them down. It is an act of murder. Our husbandman says not to steal. Pay heed to what when we pay heed to what Satan wants instead, it this is an act of adultery when we do this act we are telling people that Yah cannot take care of us and that his hand is short which is bearing false witness if we feel that Yah cannot provide our daily needs then it is vain to call upon his name if we did covet what another person has we wouldn't steal it in the first place We steal many things in life without even thinking about it. We steal money, food items, spouses, children, people, organs, people's inheritance, identities, time, ideas, etc. If a person owns something, they have the right to decide if they want to share it with you or not. Do not argue or fight over worldly positions and do not steal for it is not of the Father. Do not be like the world. Be holy as the Father is holy. And look towards righteousness in all of our day-to-day interactions, whether we're dealing with an honest person or a thief. Proverbs 13 verses 11 says, Wealth gotten by vanity shall be diminished, but he that gathereth by labor shall increase. The meat that we measured will be measured to us again. Elohim will repay all those who steal, so allow them to receive their reward and not get punished along with them. 1 Corinthians 6 verses 9 to 10 says, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of Yah? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, 
nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revelers, nor revilers, sorry, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of Yah. Number nine. Thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. Exodus 20 verses 16. Lying is just as common as covetousness. This is because we lie even when we do not have to. What is a lie? Anything that is not true or real. Anything that is not natural. This world we live in today shows us perfect examples of lies that are blown out of proportion. As I said, every series of sins starts small. It can start something um, with something as simple as an affirmation statement in front of the mirror. Because a lot of the things that people tell themselves are a lie. Then we leave our houses and proceed to project this lie to everyone we meet. This is why we have a world crisis now with doctors, with doctors, all world leaders and media houses across the world lying to us. Lies are more destructive than atomic bombs. Sometimes we are not okay. And instead of facing our issues and slowly working through it, we instead put on a mask and let whatever it is fester inside of us until it becomes something damaging or kills us. Pride and greed is what mostly breeds lies, and when you have either of those in any organization, it will fail. Anything that is built on a lie is built on thin air and will not stand or last. This is why we are in a predicament today, because we refuse the truth. We do not want to believe in Yahuwah, that He is our Elohim and Creator. That he is all-powerful and only what he says lasts forever. Romans 1 verses 25 says, Who changed the truth of Elohim into a lie, and worshipped and served the creature more than the creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. Because of our pride and greed, we have dedicated ourselves to rejecting Elohim and making gods of ourselves every day, rapidly doing things to replace Elohim, changing everything, and trying to make things last forever. Again, because of our ability to not be able to let go. But the Bible says that the end of a thing is better than the beginning. John 8 verses 44 says, Ye are of your father the devil, and the lust of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. No matter how they want to run away from it, there is an end coming, an end to all lies, and there will be nothing that any of us will be able to do about it. Revelation 21 verses 8 says, But the fearful and unbelieving, and the abominable and murderers, and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burn it with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. According to scripture, a little leaven leaven up the, leavens the whole lump. There is no such thing as a white lie. Many times people tell people 
lies because they don't want to hurt their feelings and end up making the situation worse because by the time the person finds out, it can no longer be fixed. Sometimes we get the person in deep trouble because of our lie. In some cases, our well-intentioned lies even cause death. The best way to be loving is to tell the truth in a loving way. Or, if it is not our place to say anything, don't say. A lie is like a temporary band-aid, when the wound instead needs proper bandage. A lie will make something look less urgent than it really is. We lie in many ways, and in all ways it hurts, and the person being lied to, verbalized, whether verbalized or fake jewelry, fake hair, source texture and color, fake body parts, fake food and drinks, which come from artificial ingredients and colors, makeup, anything that promotes vanity, such as careers or jobs, books, radio, movies, TV, shows, games, music, fake identity, fake money, fake clothes, fake brands and clothes that are made mostly from artificial materials, counterfeiting on a whole, fake doctrine, fake solutions, fake medicine, fake news, fake professional advice, etc. The Yahuwah we serve is a Elohim of truth. It is impossible for him to lie. The Ruach HaKodesh that we need to sustain us comes from him and is a spirit of truth. We cannot serve Him or even think of housing His Spirit within us if we embrace any type of lies. Us as natural as we are, we were created without any additions eating what Elohim created is as truthful as we can get. Living like this is a show of solidarity and honor to who we really support and love. So when we live like this, it is a show of solidarity and honor to who we really support and love, which is Yahuwah. Lying, however, is a direct defiance against Elohim because he is truth. So we elevate our opinion of the situation over the Almighty Yah, which is idolatry, therefore breaking the first two commandments. If we don't believe in his truth, then we call upon his name in vain. If you lie on the other days, you will most definitely lie on the Shabbat, which breaks the Shabbat. That is, if you even believe in the Shabbat. Because when we believe in a lie, we won't believe the truth. We dishonor our earthly parents and our heavenly father when we lie, because we'll lie to them too. Lying is stealing that person's understanding from them and replacing it with your own. Let me say that again. Lying is stealing that person's understanding from them and replacing it with your own. No matter what you think, lying is an act of hate, which according to scripture is murder. And sometimes it really does get us killed. When we do not like the result that the truth produces, we covet a different truth and so turn to lying just like what the bible says that we 
a lot of us in 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 the the last days are going to turn from the true doctrine and go gather to ourselves teachers with itching ears so we're going to turn from the truth and turn to fables lies are the devil's greatest weapon they are the ball and chains that he uses to put us under bondage do not be imprisoned by him and do not become a tool to imprison others john 8 verses 31 to 32 says then said yahushua to those jews which believed on him if ye continue in my word then are ye my disciples indeed and ye shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free Now to the last commandment number 10 thou shall not covet anything that is thy neighbor's Exodus 20 verses 17 The number one sin in the entire world this sin was from the beginning being one of the first two sins Adam and Eve committed and it has been passed down through generations the world is now engulfed in it knowing no self control We seem to cannot be satisfied and are ungrateful. What is covetousness? A strong desire after the possession of worldly things. That's according to Colossians 3 verse 5, Ephesians 5 verse 5, Hebrews 13 verse 5, 1 Timothy 6 verse 9 and 10, and Matthew 6 verses 20. It assumes sometimes the more aggravated form of avarice which is the mark of cold-hearted worldliness the bible says that we should not lust after worldly things and seek to accumulate them matthew 6 verses 19 to 21 says lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor dust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break through nor steal for where your treasure is there will your heart be also this is very hard to teach since the congregation is fully saturated by covetousness so much so that they twist scriptures to fit into their way of thinking Even though they see blessed blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven or in Isaiah where it says to this man will I look he that is poor and of a contrite spirit and trembleth at my word the world has for a long time been redesigned by the devil to hate poverty and not just poverty but poor people We put people into classes based upon the possessions they own, which was never of Elohim to begin with. Yahushua said to a certain man who wanted him to persuade his brother to split the inheritance. In Luke 12 verses 14 to 15, he says, "And he said unto him, Man, who made me a judge or divider over you?" And he said unto them, "Take heed and beware of covetousness, for a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things which he possesseth 
many people get seriously damaged or even die because of their fight over material things. But is it worth it? Even a rich man, the Bible says, that no matter what he has, he can by no means redeem his brother's soul or stop him from dying. And that's according to 2 Sam's 49 verses 6 to 9. The rat race for worldly things is pointless and unfulfilling. Humans were not designed to be fulfilled outwardly, so no amount of material possessions will make us completely happy. We will always want more. In St. Matthew chapter 6, Yahushua displays his father's capability, showing us that there is no need to worry about such things. And once we seek after him, everything that we need will be added onto us. Now I want all of us to understand that we do not decide what is a need for us. Yahuwah does. And we also don't decide when He grants us our need. Because we are not God. We are not Elohim. We are not the Creator. He is. So He knows when we need it. It's not exactly when we think we need it, we need it. So this is because a lot of times, humans do not know what they need. Your Creator knows you better than anyone else and even better than yourself. So he will know what will help you and what will only hurt you. In our carnal minds, we cannot see what is ahead and so cannot perceive the effects of our desires, which is why our Heavenly Father, who sees and knows all, has taken on the responsibility of preserving our souls. As the Bible says in 1 Timothy 6 verses 10, for the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Yahuwah loves his children and does not want them to suffer unnecessarily. If we must suffer, it should not be self-inflicted. Covetousness is making material things or what someone has the focus of our heart, which is idolatry. Therefore, breaking the first two commandments. If we are covetous, we will hate Yahuwah because the Bible says we cannot serve two masters. This will only lead us to call His name in vain because we do not regard Him. Only material things. Covetousness is the cause of people breaking the Shabbat because we believe that six days are not enough for us. And we cannot afford to lose anything just because of keeping the Shabbat. We will never be able to honor our parents if we are covetous because we will be selfish and stubborn. Covetousness will cause us to steal. People through covetousness do to others all sorts of evil which are acts of hate. <laughs> which are acts of hate. Which are acts of murder. Not to mention, people actually kill people for material things. They even kill themselves when they can't get what they want. Or they think their life is unhappy. Once you start coveting, you will certainly lie. And we commit spiritual adultery once we covet things more than Elohim. And the thing is, Satan does 
really offer people things if they bow down to him. So that again is adultery. Carnal adultery is committed when we lust after another person's spouse. So it cannot happen without covetousness. Yahushua never believed in riches. What he loved was his father and his people. 2 Corinthians 8 verses 9 For ye know the grace of our Adon Yahushua HaMashiach, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be rich. We matter to Elohim more than material things. So we should value our souls and his love over them as well. We were created to have dominion over all things earthy, not to be dominated by them. As the apostle said, that if only in this life we have hope, we are as men most miserable. Whatever man can create is mediocre at best, because man cannot make anything perfectly. The knowledge that man has comes from Yahuwah, and it is only a tiny part of the wisdom our Creator has. Where we live and exist is also a part of His power. There is more for us to see and have. Immortality is better than any material thing you can possess. And only one person can give that to us. Nothing in this mortal life can make us truly happy because Yahuwah is the only source of joy. 1 Timothy 6 verses 10 to 12 says for the love of money is the root of all evil which while some coveted after they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows but thou o man of yah flee these things and follow after righteousness holiness faith love patience meekness fight the good fight of faith lay hold on eternal life Whereunto thou art also called, and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. He told us to eat and drink, because this is our portion in this life. In the New Testament, we are told to be content with food and raiment for anything else. He already knows what we need before we pray for it, and will provide our daily needs. This world is not our own. We should look to the world to come because the fashion of this world is passing away the bible says that whoever is rich full and happy now will be destitute hungry and sorrowful in the next life which is eternal according to luke 6 verses 24 to 26 so choose wisely how we want to spend eternity thank you again for listening and until next time to check out more or to contact me you can reach me at wattpad at kaleidoscope the pen or on wordpress at little kaleidoscope girl or on telegram at kodeshim royale or you can email me at little kaleidoscope girl at gmail.com Thank you and until next time. To check out more or to contact me, you can reach me at 
telegram at Kodeshim Royale or on Wattpad at Kaleidoscope the Pen or on WordPress at Little Kaleidoscope Girl or on Twitter at LTTS777 and on my website Let's Talk Truth with Suzanne.godaddysites.com Thank you for tuning in.